Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is June 22nd, 2020, fresh off the longest day of the year and what's felt like the longest off-season of the year, even though we're out getting the NBA back in a month. This is Across the Cavs. Zach Weiss with you as always, introducing today's guest, a big fan of the land, knows his Cavs stuff. This is Matt Poppelman. How are you today, man? Good to have you on. I'm good. Thanks for having me. So, Matt, obviously, you know, being from Ohio, which I'm not, I'm funny. I'm one of, probably one of the only huge Cavs fans that's never even set foot in the state. But yep. being from Ohio, when did you first become a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers organization? Um, it actually surprised me. That's when I really became a big diehard Cavs fan watching that team lose but uh and then when uh, uh Kyrie Irving got drafted that second year LeBron was in Miami um that's when I became a big diehard fan loved watching him um have asked for his jersey for Christmas got that jersey a uh, few months into his rookie season and I've just been a diehard since remember where I was when LeBron came home and the rest is history Man, Ky what a guy. And it's fun. I think I've had three or four different Kyrie shirts. Never an actual jersey, but man, he, he was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I remember when he was, I remember watching him at Duke the year before. Obviously, yeah. you know, the Cavs take a likeness to guys that don't play many games in college. And I saw his last game <laughs> starting next to Nolan Smith, but either way, solid player. And, you know, it's a good time to start. Obviously, we got to know Kyrie, but you saw, we, all these guys that are out of the league now, we just we saw so much of. But those 10-day contract guys in the 2010s mm -hmm. were fun to watch. Absolutely. And so now, obviously, you know, we've had the Kyrie, the LeBrons, and in that area, you know, the Kevin Loves, Darren Williams past his prime. But who are some of your favorite Cavs, you know, the, the role players throughout the years that you've gotten to like that maybe you didn't get the same kind of publicity as the stars? Um. Definitely Kyle Korver is my – he's actually my favorite player of all time outside of LeBron James. Uh, I love Kyle Korver. Um, I'd say him when he was there for those two seasons. Uh, or going back to pre-LeBron second era, I really enjoyed watching Jarrett Jack. I thought that last season before LeBron came, he was just – he was leading the team. And I, they, I remember they had a chance to make playoffs up until the very end. And him and Kyrie were working really good together. and. I was excited. I, I really enjoyed watching Jarrett Jack play. I, I like that. I like that you go Jarrett Jack. I actually still play NBA 2K14 more than the other ones, and that is the year that he's on the mm -hmm. team. So, you know, always obviously makeshift lineups. But I, I like that team. I, I look at a lot of guys from that team. And uh, Spencer Hawes and Luol Deng oh, yeah. over midseason, they were both really solid guys. And, it, it's, and I remember, man, I'm sure you do too, uh, during those four years – the Cavs only won 30 games once, and it was last year. So they, yep. had, they had the six-game winning streak during that season. I've never been more excited outside <laughs> of the playoff year than when they had that. Right. And so, but I, it's too bad Luol didn't want to stay. And it's funny, they only got him because as soon as Andrew Bynum turned the lead again, he's like, you know, I'm just going to start disrupting practice. So I don't, I don't want to be right. <laughs> But, man, that was a solid year. I loved C.J. Miles from those teams, too. I don't remember his last oh, yeah. year with the team. But I, I do remember how – and 
obviously I hope he gets his career on track and he keeps getting hurt, but there's no one better that's stepping behind a screen, taking a handoff and hitting three. Absolutely. Yep. That's if I had to picture CJ miles in a Cavs uniform, that's what he's doing. Absolutely. At, at the time, thinks that the franchise record if it makes, I don't know if it still holds, but on that note, so you mentioned your Kyrie jerseys. I'm sure we've all had our LeBron jerseys. I never got one in his second tenure. I, I, I stacked up on Delhi, Daniel Gibson, Tristan Thompson, and Colin Sexton jerseys, <laughs> T-shirts. But who are some of your favorite Cavs jerseys that you've had over the years? Um, I've got – I'd say my overall favorite would probably be that LeBron – it's a LeBron, the sleeve jerseys from the finals. Those are nice. Uh, I got that the Christmas after they won the finals. Yep. And then the same night that the Kyrie hit that game winner. Um, other than that, I'd say I really enjoy my my white Kyle Korver one. I rock that one as much as I can. Um, or I actually have this, uh, it's not like one of their – normal uniforms it's a lebron jersey that i saw on the internet one of those cheap websites that i ordered but it's white and it's got like this red pattern up the middle and it's got uh cleveland on the top and uh the wine color um i'd say that one's up there but yeah mostly the lebron black sleeve one is definitely my favorite a shout out to aliexpress i've actually uh i've yeah. not- <laughs> yep I have several of my friends during the college years and line their walls with those. But for me, I, I generally try and get the authentic. But, I mean, I personally, non-Cavs, best deal I ever got on a jersey. Uh, I think it was two years after the Bobcats became the Hornets. There was an MKG jersey for like $8. Authentic home <laughs> jersey. So that's probably the best deal I've ever found. But my, my favorite Cavs jersey – I probably, I mean, I love Delvadova, but I, my favorite mm-hmm. jersey is actually my Bucks Delvadova jersey. I, that's rocket more than the Cavs, but probably. Is it the black one? Green, green with the little gold. Oh, uh, the green one. I got gotcha. you. But you now, if if he resigns, and we're gonna get to that later, if he resigns, I'm getting the 18. But I'm gonna I'm waiting until then. You never know. Yep. Yep. But on that note, no, I'd, I'd probably go Daniel Gibson for my favorite jersey because I've never seen another one in person. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've seen one either. Every time I'm playing in my men's league and it's just a rant, and I'm like, I haven't worn this in a while. I'm like, I need to shoot, I need to shoot lights out today. That's the first thing I do. I just pull it <laughs> right out. Yep. All right. So moving on to the draft. And now, and you, you anyone that's part of Cavs Twitter, obviously, most of my following is <clears throat> Cavaliers fans. And so everyone. Has got different takes. There's the uh, Boy James Wiseman Club. There's the Don't Get Anthony Edwards Club. There's the Lamelo Lamelo Club. You know, there's, there's a lot of different <laughs> options here, Matt. So, for you, if you're Kobe Altman, it's draft night. You get the first pick. Who's at the top of your leaderboard? Who they should take? If I get the if I get the first pick, it's simple for me. I'm taking Lamelo Ball. I. I love what Anthony Edwards brings. I know you're you're a big fan of his game. Yep. Um, but if I'm taking – if I got the first pick, I'm taking LaMelo Ball for reasons. Um, he's he's tall. He's he's long. And I think that's something that they need in the backcourt, especially because Garland and Sexton are both undersized guards. Um, I think – I think Sexton plays best at the two. 
And I think putting Lamelo at the one, his ability to – his vision is off the charts. He can shoot the ball, I mean, hopefully more consistently in the NBA. But uh, I think that and then also his name. You get people in the, seat, in the seats at the games because of Lamelo Ball. People are going to tune in on TV to watch him. People are going to buy his jerseys. Um, that's just one aspect of it. But I also love his game a lot and what he could bring to the NBA. I think of all the draft – of all the uh, people in the draft, I think he's got the highest ceiling to become possibly a superstar. Um, I'm just a huge fan of his game. But if they don't take him or Anthony Edwards, if both of them are off the board, I would love to see them take Obi Toppin. I think he is – I think he can play the three in the NBA. He's super athletic. He's He reminds me of an Amari Stoudemire who can shoot. Uh, so, yeah, I really love Anthony Edwards and Obi Toppin. And on the note of Lamelo, Lamelo. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, Matt, did, was your exposure first ball when he scored 93 for Chino Hills and everyone's like, he's cherry picking, he's cherry picking, even though he kind of was. Is that, is that your exposure to him first? Yeah, that's when I uh, first started watching him, and I was actually on the side of uh, kind of hating on him because he was cherry picking. But then I kind of just kept tuning into him. Um, watching his high school highlights. And then he went and uh, played at Spire here in Ohio. And he was actually, we have this basketball festival right down the road that uh, about 40 minutes away in Dayton that he, uh, Spire was at. Um, So, I mean, I've just, and I've also been a huge Lonzo fan ever since his time at UCLA. And so I kind of just paid close attention to the ball family. Um, And I, I'm a huge fan fan of Lamelo, I think he's got the most potential out of all three of the brothers. Absolutely. And on the note of Lamelo, uh, obviously he's not my number one guy, but I, I do like the points you made. I do think that as every ball brother does, they do a lot of things well, but the shot is always inconsistent. And for Lonzo, obviously that's not the issue anymore. You know, people still think it is. It's obviously not easy. Yeah. I look at LaMelo Ball, and he's someone that is 6'6", 6'7", he's lengthy, and he could be a good fit. The only issue I have with taking LaMelo, and this is what the Sixers did in the mid-2010s, is that they're, they took a center three years in a row. They weren't sure what they were getting mm-hmm. with Nerlens Noel. They traded Drew Holiday to get that pick, and they took Nerlens, and then Nerlens uh, missed his rookie year, and then they drafted Embiid in 2014, but they were lucky that he didn't play, so Noel got his rookie year as a starter. In, in the third year of Nerlens Noel, they took Jaleel Okafor, who basically became the starter and played with Noel. And there were all sorts of issues in, in as far as minutes. So I just don't want to see the Cavs take a, a guy that prefers the point guard spot for a third year in a row. I do think he's a very talented guard, although I'd rather see him go elsewhere. I don't love the drama that, that comes with his, that comes to the territory of the name. I do think LeVar, that is true. LeVar is a lot more even keeled than he was when he was saying his son had ownership of Patrick Beverly on the basketball court after <laughs> for his debut. I mean, I, I look at Lamelo as basically a taller version of prime Celtic Rajon Rondo, who can push the break. He can score anywhere inside the arc. He's got great handles. He can rebound. Obviously, Rondo for a six-footer, always a great rebounder, plus a good defender. But what we'll see... Sample mm-hmm. size is pretty small. I think he only played 12 games with the Illawarra Hawks. So we'll yeah. see what ends up happening. But I like Anthony Edwards for the reasons that 
when you're building a team and the way the Cavs won the title in 2016 is that there are two guys. You give them the ball. doesn't matter what you call. They can get the ball with five on the clock, with 10 on the clock, or they can just go ISO in the first quarter. And you need two guys on a team. If you really want to contend in, in, the, in the long run, you need two guys that can just give them the ball and watch them score. And when you had the Heat, they had LeBron and Wade, and the Thunder never won, but when they had Russ and Durant, both them, the, the, the Rockets right now are as good as they are, not because of anything, but the fact that Harden and Westbrook can create their own shot. I mean, look at the Warriors, mm-hmm. Steph and KD. Steph had the best handles outside of Kyrie, and Durant had the best one-on-one game outside the point guard spot maybe in the NBA. So I see Anthony Edwards, future speaking, as a guy that can come in and score 15, 20 to 25 a game while Sexton's doing the same. And if you, Matt, if you think if you have a duo like that, you got two guys, just give them the ball, get out of the way, and I think they can do a lot of good for the team. That's why he's my team. Absolutely. I definitely, definitely uh, hope it's LaMelo or Anthony Edwards. Um, but I, I just think uh, personally Sexton is best at the two. So, but then again, uh, we've seen him at the one, and he did very well last the his rookie season at the one. So I don't know. We'll see. He's definitely enjoyed the higher assist numbers over the last couple of weeks of the Cavs games. And so, all right, closing mm-hmm. out the draft, Matt. So we talked about the guys we want. So who's at the top of your do not draft list? We'll call this no disrespect. We're gonna call this the Anthony Bennett list, the do not draft list. <laughs> um, for me, it would be Denny Adija. I. I see what his potential is, and I see his draft comparisons, but for a guy who really did not – like, there's not a lot of uh, information on, like, film, I should say. And I feel like if you're drafting him, you're replacing Jetty Osman. And also, I would like to see Kevin Porter Jr. at that three. So, I don't know. I just – for me – when I watched his uh, highlights, I just don't see much into him. Um, so it would be for me, it would be Denny Avija, or uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only one on the like if we get the top five pick or something that I really just don't want to see come to Cleveland. Yeah, so a lot of these guys that come from Europe, they 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 put up such poor numbers, but because they're playing in such a high league at such a young age, it's almost overlooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at what when the Suns, I don't, I don't think Dragon Bender was a stat sheet stuffer dis, when he was uh, playing Maccabi Tel Aviv, despite being the high pick he was. I mean, there's so many guys that obviously skip the NBA, go abroad, then come that don't put up the numbers but get the pick. I, I agree. I do like what he can bring as a combo forward, but that's not what the Cavs need. They have enough guys that can play the four. I hope that they'll absolutely. And we're going to get to free agency, but I'd rather them sign a low-quality stretch for than try to keep McKinney there or put or draft someone there. Because obviously, when we're going to get, we're going to finish the show with Winler, but he can obviously play some minutes there. But now, nevertheless, I I agree, Denny Avija, and I wouldn't say Lamelo is an avoid guy, so I'm going to keep him out of this. And I I was I'm actually okay if they do choose Wiseman, although the, the big thing here is don't do what the Memphis Grizzlies did in 2009. And, you know, they they had just acquired Marcus Gasol for his brother, I think, a year or two prior. Mm-hmm. And they decide that with the number two pick, with James Harden and Steph Curry, among many talented guys there, 
they're like, you know what? Let's just take Hashim to beat. He's 7'3". We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. And they never did. He ne- barely yep. played. And I, I don't have any understanding of why they did that. So I would say avoid Wiseman then. I do like him unless they lose Drummond and Thompson. If they didn't get Drummond, I'd say Wiseman's at the top of my list. Or a Kongwu, for that matter, who was a high school teacher. Yes. Lomelo. But probably Avija. I agree. And don't – you don't need that. They're, they're fine at a small forward spot. I mean, they're going to get someone. They're going to figure it out next year. But don't draft. Don't draft any. I agree. All right. So, normally, we'd be getting ready for the NBA draft. It would be three days away. It would probably would have been June 25th. I don't remember the date it was set for. And, obviously, now that's going to happen in October. We're going to be watching NFL football on Sundays and NBA draft workouts Saturday through Friday, every or Monday through Saturday, every other day. So, mm-hmm. the calf season's obviously over. And so, as far as guys that aren't part of the team right now, Matt, is there anyone specifically at the top of your free agent board that the Cavs should look into? Um, I'd say uh, that Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings, he's a restricted free agent. Maybe throw him an offer because I'm not real sure what the Kings would want to do, whether they would match it or if they would just move on from him. Um, I think because he can play the two or the three. And if, and if the Cavs are wanting to compete for a playoff spot next year, uh, I think he would be a great guy to – you could just throw him right in the lineup and he'd fit in. That's, he's just one of those guys. Um, other than that, I would just try to find some vets who are okay with playing the leadership role. Um, I mean, guys like Fabo Cephalosha could be a free agent, could be a guy that comes – if Delhi doesn't want to re-sign, maybe get a guy like Raymond Felton. Um, just guys on that level, like Jared Dudley, he'll be a uh, free agent after the season. Um, someone who can just come in and be that vocal leadership guy, doesn't need to play a lot, can accept that his career is winding down and just wants to help young, help the young players grow, um, kind of like Channing Fry did in his last season. So those are really the only guys – <clears throat> that I could see the Cavs uh, signing realistically because they're not ready to compete at the moment. So getting a, a bigger name doesn't really make too much sense. And for me, a uh, veteran free agent pipe dream that's, that can happen would be Udonis Haslam. He'll never leave Miami. but Absolutely. I, what he's done for the Heat, I don't think – you find any play over the course of the NBA that's healthy for five years, plays 40 combined games roughly, and still has the impact he does. I mean, maybe Nick Collison, because he fell out of the rotation at the end of his career with the Thunder, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's been great. I, I like the Dudley pick. I think the Kings are going to end up keeping Bogdan somehow, no matter how much money it is. They, they have no idea what they're doing. I think they don't. That, I, I think over the eight games that they play, if they don't qualify for the playoffs – then we're going to see what's really going on with Buddy and Bogdan because they just paid heels. But I do think Bogdanovich is a better fit for what he does. You know, he's a better passer, he's a better defender. And don't get me wrong, Buddy Heald, we saw him in the three-point shootout this year. He can go from deep and he can score 20 to 25. But I doubt that they can coexist. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But on that note, 
That's interesting. A guy I wish they would try and get, but I know he'll never come, Danilo Gallinari. I, I don't think he's staying yep. under. I can't see him leaving there and going somewhere else, but he's been healthy for two years now, averaging 20 a game, and he, he's a solid enough defender, and he's tall enough to get his own shot. But that, that's a long shot, but I, I wish that they had a chance at Gallinari. Yep. But okay, so you mentioned Delvadova, and so the, 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 there's three questions to answer about free agents. You have Drummond's player option. I see him opting in. He likes Cleveland. And then Delhi and Tristan are both going to be free agents. So that being said, Matt, it's what do you think – who do you think is more important to re-sign for this team? Is it Matthew Delvadova or Tristan Thompson? For me, it would have to be <clears> – it would have to be uh, – Delhi, I think, because I can't see Tristan Thompson <clears throat> being okay with signing for a cheaper contract. I mean, if the, if he wants more than $10 million as a Cavs fan, I don't want to see them sign him unless it's going to be a sign-and-trade. Because um, you already have a loaded front court with Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, hopefully, uh, Larry Nance Jr., even Ante Zizic. So, I mean, <clears throat> I think if it comes down between the two, you're getting a much cheaper option with Delhi, and you're getting a guy who wants to be in Cleveland probably the rest of his career, I assume. I think he loves it there. And he's just – he's a good vocal leader. And if you need him to play, he can go out there and defend. He can knock down shots when you don't expect him to. He's just a great guy who you can throw in there and – He's one of those stay ready so you don't have to get ready type of players. Definitely well said. We noticed at the end of the beeline era, he was out of the rotation. And then as injuries mounted, he took over for Darius, the starter, had several double-digit assist games. I love the way he backs into the post to see the whole court without giving up possession. Mm -hmm. The way he's gotten under the, the, the skin of the Al Horfords and Taj Gibsons in the playoffs over the years. Stopped Curry for two games in the finals, which is – a much bigger deal than he'll ever really get credit for outside of the Cavs nation. But I, I agree. They're fine if Drummond comes back and they'll figure out another center and they could draft someone in a later round to back him up should he end up leaving next year. And Delhi's a fixture. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, when he – I remember – I don't think I was able to catch his first game back, but just looking back at all the chance he got and the love, him at all the parades, I mean, his effort – in the first year they lost, basically cemented him as a Cavs legend. I mean, if Fred Van Vliet wasn't doing as well as he is, we'd be able to give him even more love as an undrafted standout. Obviously, the numbers don't put him anywhere near that level, but I hope he re-signs. Obviously, that's my favorite player on the team right there, and I love, always love what he brings. So I do agree it's also more important. Keep the veteran mentor guard while you have one for the mm -hmm. other guys. Yep. So now – Let's say they, uh, the team drafts LaMelo for next year for this question. Matt, what's your ideal Cavs starting five on opening night next season? It would be LaMelo at the one, Sexton at the two. I want Kevin Porter Jr. to start at the three. Yep. And then Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, assuming he opts into that player option. I mean, you move Garland to the bench, Jetty to the bench. I think those two would be very good off the bench. Um, Larry Nance Jr. off the bench is – he's got a lot of potential there. But, yeah, I would have 
uh, Kevin Porter Jr. slide into that uh, starting small forward spot. Definitely hope to see him there. He's shown a lot. He's shown plenty of flashes in any role that he's played, whether he's played the point guard on rare occasion, the two, the three. As long as he's not playing the four, I don't care where he is. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, no, he brings a lot to the table. He's improved his, in his confidence. Early in the year, he was hesitant to shoot. And just like Colin, he started the year with long twos. Now he's finally taking those threes. So, personally, for me, if they did get ball, I'd probably say the same. If they – whoever they – if they draft anyone else, I don't think they start to open next season. I think it would be um, – we're going to get to Kevin Love in a moment. But it would probably be Darius, Colin, Kevin, 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 and Drummond. And I think Nance will probably get a bunch of starts at different spots throughout the year, whether I it's agree. injuries or rest. Because he, as good as he is, actually, we're, we're going we're to hold off on that. We're going to get to that. All right, Matt. So, <clears throat> talking about Kevin and Andre, and both of them share an agent. Dre had some injury issues once he got to Cleveland. Kevin Love's finally healthy this year. It's injury issues almost every year with this team. But – Looking at the long, long-term long success of this organization, which of the two of them is more important? Um, I think Andre Drummond. He's, he's better, obviously. Um, he's younger. I think his contract is going to be significantly more. But uh, wait, are we talking about Drummond and Thompson or Drummond and Love? I'm sorry. Drummond and Kev. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, he's younger. His their contracts will actually probably be pretty similar then, but uh, I think with a loaded front court as it is, uh, I would like to see what Larry Nance Jr. can do as a starter. Um, I just think Drummond he plays his role perfectly. Um, we're gonna have to pay. I mean, we've already got the contract for Love. We're probably gonna have to pay Drummond eventually. So if I had to pick between the two, I would say Andre Drummond just because he's younger and I think he fits his role more perfectly. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to be the star on the team. I like those points. I look at Kevin Love and what he's averaging this year, about 17 and 10. You could chalk up the lower scoring total to a number of factors. Obviously, two different coaches, and maybe there there's some issues with who was listening to who at the first part of the season inconsistency in touches and on a lot of cases if you watch games down the stretch he does not get many looks on the post or even outside he's mostly just kind of moving around hoping to get a look and I watched Drummond in the short sample that he had the eight games and a couple issues the inconsistency protecting the rim yes he's going to block a couple shots a game but there is a difference in averaging two blocks and blocking two shots a game. That sounds very silly, but if you think about it, a lot of guys can average two blocks a game. It's kind of what Serge Ibaka is at, at right now, and he's just consistent with his hands up around the rim. And I think too often, Drummond goes for the home run play. Mm -hmm. yeah. Whether or not that's getting a rebound and trying to take it all the way, whether or not it's trying to make a pass that isn't there, whether or not it's going for a steal as a big man and just opening up the lane. I love what he brings. I love the numbers he puts up because they are telling that he's an all-star caliber player. I just want to see him gamble less because as a center, there's no reason to be taking gambles outside of the rim. I mean, if you have to cover the perimeter and the, on the Jokic's and the Towns, fine. But I don't want to see him overdo it. So, yes. And <clears throat> 
And I consider both of them and what they bring. And I also agree that Drummond is more important. I do hope Kevin has one, gets one more year with the team and then they trade him with two years left on the deal. I just think that his ability to score, his ability to be a leader, and obviously his impact in the mental health community cannot be understated, especially the award he just got. I just think Kevin Love is such a great guy off the court that despite whatever happened with Colin in that game in January is obviously behind them. I think he keeps them positive. And I think that everyone loves having him. And to think he's still only 31, mm -hmm. but I do agree. It's going to be Drummond and we'll see. But all right, Matt, on that note, Drummond has the player option. Kevin has three years left on his deal. Or do you think they're both going to be Cavaliers on the first day of next season? I do. I don't think, uh, I think the Cavs value Kevin Love a little too high right now to trade him. Um, I mean, there's teams that would love to have him. I could see like a team like the Boston Celtics. They need a big guy. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, I mean, it's been rumored for years. Uh, sure, they would love to have Kevin Love, but uh, they just value him a little too high right now. And I think, like you said, getting another year off the contract, get it down to two more years, I think they'll have a much easier time uh, finding a new spot for him. Um, even if it's just a, a late first-round pick or something and a, one young asset, I think uh, – if they wait a year, they'll be able to get something decent for him. Uh, so, yeah, I do think both of them will be on the team next year. Also agree with that. And I went just kind of going back and forth on what they, <clears throat> not they would deal him at the deadline. Definitely glad they didn't at the end of the day. You know, the, a couple wins that they did have in March before the league stopped basically re reaffirmed that I was right in being excited about him staying. I think they're both there to start next year. They're both solid. They're both starter caliber. And I, I just would love to see Kevin Love a little work a little harder at, at times on defense. But besides that, it's offensive game. Really, other than the, the statistics, I really couldn't ask for anything more than what he does as it is. So that being said, talked about Kevin and we talked about Andre. So – and let's talk about Larry Nance a little bit. When he first got – man, when he first got to Cleveland, he was playing mostly center with the LeBron teams. And they were going really small at that point. So now he plays a little five when they need him to. Plays some four, plays some three. He defend all three positions well. So that being said, do you think that having both of those guys on the team, Kevin and Andre, and having him come off the bench is holding him back? Or do you think that his role as a sixth man is better suiting him? I do think that he's being held back a little bit, but at the same time, I think when, when I think of um, uh, Larry Nance Jr.'s ceiling, I could see him being a like a six man of the year type of player because he can, he can pass the ball very well. He's been knocking his three down way more consistently. He can obviously rebound. He can block. His perimeter defense is good. We've seen him play the three last year. Um, which I re actually really enjoyed watching that. Um, I think his best career would be six man of the year type of player. Um, but I do believe that Kevin Love is holding him back a little bit, um, just not getting the minutes that uh, he should be getting. Plus, with next year, we'll have uh, Dylan Windler coming back, and I could see him playing the four too. So you never really know. Um, I do think Larry Nance Jr. has a lot that he hasn't shown us yet, and I hope that uh, once the Cavs do move on with Kevin Love, I think Larry Nance Jr. will be a great starter.
but I could also see him being a very terrific six-man player. I really couldn't have said that better. I, I love the growth he's shown as an outside shooter this year, his ability to protect the rim. And he, he's what I kind of meant about blocking two shots a game versus averaging two blocks. And, again, that, it's a sentiment that sounds silly, but if you think about it, it's about how you get there. And Larry Nance is going to wow you with his ability to block shots, but in so many cases, guy tries to score inside, he's playing the center, he'll slide over and alter the shot. He'll get less blocks because he's not as tall, but he's still going to have the same impact. And we'll see, and we'll, we'll see what his role is next year, but look forward to watching him next season. And, you know, Matt, no matter what happens with him as a Cav, his jersey ends up in the rafters because some people <laughs> might not remember his dad played. So he's, all, he's already a, a Cavalier legend for just having the name and the number. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so finishing up today with Wendler. But before that, just a quick, quick question, Matt, here. We, since we started, about 10 minutes after we began recording, there was a rumor that the Knicks, according, this is official, from Sham Sharani are interviewing Mike Brown for their coaching job. What do you think about that? Hmm. Did our old, old friend get another opportunity? I think – I think he's he's a great coach, but I don't think he would fit with the Knicks, to be honest. Um, he's a guy – we saw him that last year uh, before LeBron came back, and he he was doing a great job. Or was that – Yeah, yeah. Yep, that was correct. Then he got fired okay. after one year, then went to join the Warriors as an assistant. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's the type of coach you want in a rebuilding situation. Um, I, I love Mike Brown. Uh, he was a great coach for us for many years, but uh, – I don't think he's the type of coach you want when you're trying to rebuild. He's more of he's more like Ty Lue. You, you, I would want him when you're trying to compete right away. 100%. And I'm not even going to talk about the six games of Ty Lue from last season. That, that never happened. <laughs> that yeah. Never happened. Okay. So now we get back to Dylan Windler. And, you know, he can play both forward spots. And, unfortunately, we don't have the specific numbers and data in colleges, the NBA, so couldn't check the percentages that he played at each forward spot. But, Matt, what will his return mean for Jetty? I don't think it's going to be good for Jetty because um, I personally – I don't want to see Jetty in the starting lineup next season. Um, I think he's best suited off the bench. But Dylan Windler's obviously going to come off the bench too. He's definitely not going to start. But he's a guy who can knock down the shot more consistently. Um, He's he can rebound. He's like six six, six seven. He can rebound. He could probably play the four if we need him to play the stretch four. Um, he's just he can do it all out there. He can. Um, I'm really I cannot wait to watch him play. Uh, watching him in the summer league last year, he lit it up that one game. Um, I remember watching him at Belmont. He was amazing in the um, in March Madness. Yeah, I just I really loved his game. I didn't know too much about him until the Cavs drafted him. And then after they drafted him, I went back on YouTube and watched some of his uh, his highlights. And, man, I really love his game. Uh, so I look forward to seeing him. And I don't – I think by the end of next season, if things go accordingly with Dylan Windler, I could see him playing more than Jetty. And I definitely would not mind that. Well said there. And, you know, the one thing about the Cavs, they always seem to draft the wrong small forward if his name's not LeBron, whether or not that's <laughs> Sergei Karasov, whether or not that's Luke Jackson, whether or not that's Christian. I know disrespect. Christian Anga turns 31. Happy birthday to him. But uh, that definitely still is not, not a great pick either. 
They just never seem to get the right threes when, when they – they drafted Jay Crowder. They just traded him to Dallas. He ended up playing. But either way, he didn't stay. They just – they don't draft small forwards well. So, I do hope right. that Miller uh, kind of bucks that trend. I think he'll play both forward spots. His ability to shoot the three is something I look forward to because the Cavs always lack consistent outside shooting. And that's always – when they don't have LeBron, that is every single game. That's what – is the difference when they're playing a team with 15 threes and we've only made eight and it seems they only make their threes when they don't need them. So mm-hmm. we'll see uh, what ends up happening. So, okay. So we, we just talked, we talked a little about it. But let's go more specific. If what kind of role, Matt, do you expect Winler to have overall in a minutes position breakdown, et cetera? Um, I think it kind of just depends on what they do in the draft. If they draft a, uh, another guard like if they draft Anthony Edwards uh, I imagine Sexton will play the one which means uh, Kevin Porter Jr. will also be sharing minutes at the small forward so I mean all of a sudden I feel like we've got three guys you could even throw in Larry Nance Jr. who played the three uh, three guys who can all play it at a pretty good pretty high level I could see him starting off the year not very many minutes uh hopefully building his way up building confidence knocking down the shot um I can honestly see him next year doing time in the G League um just because with Kevin Porter Jetty Osman and then even Nance uh there's not going to be a lot of minutes to give right there at that uh three spot and then I could also but in the future I could see uh Windler definitely becoming more of a stretch four guy I mean, he's tall and he gets rebounds. Like he averaged double-digit rebounds, I believe, at Belmont. Yep. And uh, and so, I think he can play the three or the four. But either way, I just I'm very excited to see him out there and just getting reps with, uh, with the squad and hopefully, uh, seeing what his future holds. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think we'll see some. Windler at the four probably end up splitting minutes at those two spots. And we'll, we'll ultimately, obvious, the Cavs will have the final say on this. This is just what we have, have to think on the matter. So hopefully it works itself out and he, he turns into a solid NBA player. We've seen mm-hmm. so many players in recent years that miss their rookie season. And sometimes it haunts them and sometimes they become Joel Embiid or sometimes they become Blake Griffin and it doesn't matter that it took them a while to get on the court for the first time. So, obviously, Harry Giles, uh, someone in Sacramento, who isn't exactly on the same tier, but he's someone that missed his first season and has been Michael Porter Jr., and the list goes on. But, yep. All right, closing out the show, final question here, Matt. If everything works out with Lindler, he's a long-term Cav, could you see his jersey becoming part of your collection? And if yes, what color should we expect to see? Actually, uh. I already I ordered one a Dylan Windler jersey. Uh, it was that the bl- new blue ones that they wore this year, uh, but it got lost in the mail or something, and oh, I no. ended up getting my money back for it. So, but yeah, I definitely am gonna uh, order one. I'm probably gonna give it this season, see how he plays before I order it again. But yeah, shortly after the draft, I I watched his highlights and I fell in love with his game, and he's like. He's going to have to – because Kyle Korver is going to be retiring soon, so I'm going to have to find that that three-point knockdown shooter to replace as my favorite player in the league. So, yeah, I did have his order jersey ordered, but I will probably order it again. Oh, man. 
Okay, so let's, uh, we'll see. We'll see if the second time is the charm. And hopefully for Windler, his second year with the Cavs is the charm. Yes. All right, so that'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. Matt Poppelman, it was nice having you on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, so until next time, this is Across the Cavs, and we will see you later.